I'm so glad we're recording while Trump is talking. This is great. I don't have this to is even. Just perfect. Yeah, it's exactly what we should be doing. Is not giving a fuck. All right, so I'm very excited to talk about Bandersnatch. Um, Welcome to the Low Key Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Malloy. With me is Keith Denny. And also Aaron Lanton. Yes, I'm going to be the quiet one this time. Y'all going to say where you go? <laughs> no, I'm right here. That makes for a real good podcast when two of us talk. Hi, this week we're going to talk about <laughs> Netflix's... This week we're going to talk about Netflix's Bandersnatch, a choose-your-own-adventure drama through space, time, and mental illness. Uh, a pretty spectacular experience for me. What did y'all think? I can tell you, I enjoyed it. Um, the critics didn't, which was kind of interesting. Uh, I had a good time. Mixed. Very mixed. Like, if you look at gaming websites, they're like, it's not a game, and it does not have the narrative of a, of a cinematic, you know, accomplishment. I just don't feel like it really, it, it works as either a, a film or a game. I just, I, I feel like y'all trying to treat it as this hot pop art, and I do feel like it is that, just not in a way that they're looking for it to be. I, I I mean I really I enjoyed it just for the simple fact that it was very nostalgic for me honestly it um made me think of back back in the days of reading those Goosebump books exactly that, um, choose your own adventures and it also felt like a it felt more like a Goosebump story to me at one point maybe because I connected to those books than um Black Mirror at certain points but yeah I I really enjoyed it for that um. It was a cool little decision for for net Netflix. Like actually, it feels like a real great marketing decision on their part, in a sense, right? If I didn't have Netflix and I knew somebody and they were constantly telling me about it, I would at least um, use my mama's account to you know watch it. You know, if I wasn't if I wasn't already like on Netflix or watching Black Mirror, so. That's a hmm, yeah, that's a very good point. And you know, I don't know how you guys were. Um, I was sitting so when I played it, uh, it was my wife, myself, and uh, another one of our really good friends. And we were like, all right, we're gonna try to blast through as much of it as we can, like get as many endings as possible. And one thing that happened when I first pulled it up, it actually showed a runtime of like five hours and like some however many minutes. And I was like, wow, that's that's a lot of shit. Wow. And I think we probably got through we probably played for almost two hours. And but we constantly played parts of it. So I'm like, damn, how much did we not get to? Yeah. We uh we watched it morning it started the morning after it debuted and just let it mm-hmm. run because we actually didn't want to get up and change it. Like our remote was not working right, so we just stayed in bed and watched it. <laughs> and um, we just we just let it play, and it would make the decisions for you. And I don't know if it makes the same decisions for everyone, or if it just made certain decisions for us. But we got a totally bananas version, where the first solution led us to him discovering that he's being watched on Netflix, which was great. And then we got like three, I guess about three of the other endings before it finally ended. Um, it was sad. It was very spooky at times. It was just, I don't know, at one point we were not having any fun, and at another point we were really having fun. And I overall just enjoyed it a lot. When were you not having fun? I'm really curious to, to hear about that moment. Uh, Deirdre, my wife, was very unhappy when it went in the direction of 
there's someone watching you on Netflix. Um, when it got kind of self-referential, she thought it was pretty bad. And that's when I started to think it was – first I thought it was a little goofy, but then I thought it was actually really good because it kind of exposed that I feel like I've been in control. I guess a lot of people feel like they're in control of the narrative because they can change directions. And that's when I, it really was driven home for me like, no, no, I'm not in charge. Like Netflix is in charge. And not just because I was letting Netflix decide for me. But because no matter what decision you make, you're pretty much getting the same story, the same arc of a story, and you're totally just under Netflix's control. Me and a coworker, she was, she not really arguing with me, but kind of pretty much debating that she felt like there was only one real ending of it. Okay. And um, I don't know if we said spoiler alert, but I think we already spoiled a few things already, but. But that that was that ending when he um when they show him as a child and he actually leaves yeah. and get on on the train with his mother and then he dies at the psychiatrist's office. Mm-hmm. She says she believes that's the true ending of the of the the movie itself and everything else are like a bunch of fake endings. But I was like, but that kind of go for me that kind of go against the whole narrative of that there's all these different alternate worlds and all these different alternate universes and stuff. Yeah, like, how would that be a true ending when the whole point is there are several possibilities in this world? Yeah, but I, I had to realize that she might not understand the concept of that. And I grew up reading, you know, comic books and stuff, and, you know, in my, both Marvel and DC, they play with those type of um, concepts of all these different else worlds and these alternate universes and stuff that actually exist um, alongside the whatever we consider to be the main universe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing also that I was thinking about was the the whole the whole Netflix thing that um that Tim that you just mentioned. I thought that would made me I guess drawn more into it because I don't know how to put it in words. It kind of made me feel like. That was the whole point of the story itself, also. Like more so than the whole alternate universe thing, but more so that we don't. It it's like we don't have control over what we do, and that free will does not exist. And so, because even when he was talking to it, like if you think it from the um, I guess you could say the um, the character's point of view, and he doesn't know what Netflix is. Like you know, we know what Netflix is, right? Mm-hmm. it's almost like it makes you think what if on our end there's something else that's playing with us that we don't know anything about that's beyond our own understanding right yeah i don't know if that's too deep down the rabbit hole i think that's that that's part of what it's kind of leading the audience to to kind of think I mean, one of the the fascinating things about watching it for me was this way that once you, okay, so one thing that this format can do that you can't do in a Goosebump book, say, for example, it sets up really early, depending on like how you're playing it. The fact and, and one of the characters tells you this. I can't think of his name. What is it? Uh, Colin, like what, the programmer. Colin. He tells follow Colin. Yeah. Yeah. He, he tells the main character. He's like, look, when you have an experience. And you 
you go back and, and you repeat an experience, you'll remember or you'll retain the knowledge of, you know, what you did previously. And I was like, well, that's yeah. I guess they mean like as a viewer, but then like the character actually would have knowledge of what had just been experienced when you went back and replayed a scenario. It's kind of like a video game, but it also, but you know, it also, which I guess that's the whole point. Like it's almost like, cause if you, if you're playing a game and you die in the game, you, you know, memory, like, you know, okay, I don't go here to go there. It also, when he, when he said that, it made me think about, um, the concept like deja vu. Like, yeah. you ever notice how, like, yeah. nobody can ever really explain what deja vu really is, but it's a it's a thing. It's a, it's still a phenomenon, right? Yeah. So what if that was a concept that there's all these different alternate universes, and in one universe, something that you did crossed over to be something similar to what you're doing, another version of you is doing in another universe? That, I mean, that's actually how you end up getting a lot of the alternate endings, where you, you go through something... You get some knowledge you didn't have before. So, for example, the psychiatrist asks you, do you want to talk about your mother? If you don't talk about your mother, there are certain th- certain things you won't know. So you can't the answer or the that possible um, scenario just won't even take place. Like certain scenes won't happen. Um, really? See, I only kind of played through it once. And then, like, you know how they had all these different, you know, endings. like they start you back at the middle point or something like that. You can play from there, but yeah. I, I haven't went all the way back and played all the way again. Oh, no, I, I haven't played it from the beginning, beginning again. I can, So one thing I realized was there, like where the tree, there's several places the tree actually splits. One of them is actually go to the psychiatrist or follow Colin. And then if you follow Colin, it's kill yourself or kill him. But I never wanted to kill him. And I couldn't really, for some reason, like as a group when we were playing, we didn't vote to kill him. So there's a lot of stuff we didn't see on that. If you go back to the psychiatrist, what we kept going back to was either talking about the mom or not talking about the mom. We really went down that path. When we just let it run, it sent us back numerous times to follow Colin. And it made it really clear that it wanted us to follow Colin. And I think they want us to get to that speech where Colin explains what life is, the Pac-Man speech. Where mm-hmm. he's just a creature trapped in a maze. The maze never really changes. He's eating ghosts that are probably figments of his own mind. Just an amazing speech. And he gives this theory of what life is, which is horrible. Um, and basically explains that nothing we do matters at all. Because whatever decision we make, there's an alternate reality that pops up um, where the other thing happened. And so there's no consequences really for anything. Which is a terrible way to explain things. I mean, it basically tells you, you can kill yourself, you can kill your neighbors, you can do whatever you want. Um, and it doesn't matter. And it's, I, I, it reminded me of the Kurt Vonnegut story. Uh, so, um, it's breakfast of champions where one character decides that he's the only real person and everyone else is a machine. And so oh, he, can just, shit. He, he can just kill them or do whatever he wants to them. And it's just like, it's just an excuse to have a total lack of empathy and I just I kind of pray that no one in a bad mental state watches this uh, watches this movie and latches onto these ideas because that's an insane view. I mean, obviously, first because there are other people, but also because the reality that you're in is still the reality that you're in. If you do something that has terrible consequences, you still have to suffer those consequences and not live in the other reality. You know, the thing that's interesting about that, though, is I wonder what a person in this state would think, because most of the endings are pretty grim, which is one of the things that critics were so harsh on, which I didn't didn't understand why they were harsh about that. This is a dude who's pretty 
Have they watched Black Mirror? I mean, <laughs> I, yeah. So there's that too. Black Mirror is not exactly uh, filled with happy stories at the end. Well, we got a super pedestrian ass uh, ending the first time. Like literally, it ended and it was like your game sucks. You know, one out of five stars or whatever, whatever the lowest rating was. Because like we start, oh, you know what it was? We start taking our medication again, and like that made it where. The fact that we were not going crazy, we just put out a game that just really wasn't worth it. And it kind of, and it's funny because like now it's like being insane gives you creativity, which puts out a better product. I don't know, but the thing that actually that struck us as a group playing is it almost made us. It for me, like you can have like sympathy for people who are going through things that makes them feel crazy. But when you play through it multiple times, multiple ways, it almost makes you really have sympathy for this person who's like really going through all this stuff. Because when you go through all the different scenarios that we went through, it was like at one point the father was this spy who kept drugging him on purpose. And that's what was making him crazy. And then Pac was like a Pac-Man thing. So like that was like the name of some agency that was keeping everybody under control. I can't remember what it stands Pro- for. Program and control. Yeah, program and control. So Because, yeah, when you go back one time and they ask, like, who are you? Instead of Netflix, you can pick program and control. And then all this other stuff happens. And you see, like, that it's just like this thing where you're just being set up and staged to, to be this experiment. And so he feels like his father's a spy and he kills him. And then... There are other scenarios where he accidentally kills him. And then the other scenarios where he's like, I'm not in control of my actions. So like, you know, there's this thing called Netflix on the future and it's making me do this. And then he kills him. And but it's like there are all these different ways he ends up in this really horrible end. And it's like, damn, like if this if you are like that. Oh, there's one actually where he kills his father and then he calls a psychiatrist and then he th- he says, I'm coming after you. I'm going to come kill you, too. And then there's one where like. The he, he they ask how much how much longer will it take you to finish the game, and then you've already killed the father and you're trying to put his body away and then, like one of three people come either the secretary comes the boss of the company comes or Colin comes, and you can kill all the well actually you kill the boss if he shows up I think almost no matter what you kill a girl but you can decide to kill Colin or not decide to kill him but all the ways all these things tie together is really crazy because it's like if you really are in that frame of mind you could yeah. see how you willing to believe so much shit because every time you unlock that that keypad it comes up with different stuff and one of them you open it you see the mom's teddy bear and another one you see the stuff from pack and another one you see the monster you actually see like uh that monster the, the lion god thing that he's creating that he's repeating it does a good job of imitating paranoia and since we just heard your son uh make a really funny noise hi robert um no I wanted to ask about paranoia because this is a paranoid thought that I had watching Bandersnatch. Netflix could probably keep track of what I clicked on, right? They could probably track this guy has a high tolerance for violence or this guy has a high tolerance for slow narratives or whatever. They could figure out things about my viewing preferences. They could also find out if I like Frosties or Sugar Puffs. Um, <laughs> they, Inside, I mean, which – Theoretically, they could use that in future episodes to do uh, of other shows to do product placements or something like that. And I feel like Charlie Brooker mm-hmm. is definitely playing with that because he's really smart. I mean, he's thought of anything I've thought of ten years ago. Um, yeah. 
So the other type of choose-your-own-adventure programming that Netflix does is children's programming. Mm, Does it make you wonder if they're collecting data on the things that little kids are watching to sort of have that data for the next generation of viewers? I mean, well, that we we know for a fact that's happening. I'm not even saying necessarily with Netflix specifically, but like we know that children's data is being tracked. Certainly, like that's a thing. That freaks me out. Like that seems. But that's that's one of the reasons I actually not not to cut you off, but that's one of the reasons I I have been telling my wife like be very careful about sharing pictures of the baby because like that stuff is. Proprietary data. As soon as you send, I mean, it's it's not proprietary, but basically, it's their own data once you um, upload it. And these things are used to, you know, especially with these AI systems recognizing faces and all this other stuff. And the thing is, the child's not signing the the policy right. saying that you agree to all this other stuff. We're just putting them out there, you know. Mm-hmm. At least let him be able to make the decision to do it. And not read the terms and conditions and then upload pictures of himself. <laughs> Which no one adheres to this. I'm just saying, honestly, it is something we should be way more, more cognizant of. And we tend not to care because it's like, well, what are they going to do with my data? And even today, um, I actually just this is kind of like way away from Bandersnatch. But uh, there was a thing on Motherboard uh, from Vice. A journalist was able to go out and buy real time location data. From uh, Sprint, AT and T, all the major wireless carriers. Literally, your phone. There's there's data out there, and not like on some black web shit. Just like people uh, basically can go out and buy your real time location with your phone number and just track you, and wait, it's sold. Wait, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, yes. I'll send you the article. I will put it in the description for the episode. Right now, this article just came out today. You like it's not like this dude has some crazy credentials or like had a special partnership with the company. Like he just came to this this vendor and was like, "Hey, um, I'm buying a phone. I want you to track this phone exactly where it is." And they were able to do it. And they just bought the data. And they have they had they literally have a table of the packages and show you how cheap it is to follow somebody Shit. in real time just with their phone number. And we don't have anything stopping this because everybody's an idiot and Can they don't mention- understand what data is. You are you are the king of saying things in articles that I'm like that's absolutely crazy. How can that possibly be true? And then as soon as I Google it, it's like, yep, that's exactly what he said. You find all this stuff I haven't seen anywhere else that sounds so <laughs> insane. But like when most people do that, it's just wrong every time. You you have like a perfect record of being right. It's like I don't know well, where you're finding this if you're reading everything. But my God, I cannot no, believe well, this one. My network is just my network. They show me things. But the thing that's so goofy, the thing that's so goofy about this is, if, the thing is, let's just say for whatever, you couldn't Google it immediately. Somehow I just want to immediately come up to you. I'd start saying, and like, I was on Snatch, like, oh, hey, man, maybe we should tell Aaron to take some medicine. <laughs> like, he's a little crazy. Like, that shit just sounds like something we wouldn't allow, but we do. And people don't understand what that is. If they did, they would not, they just wouldn't be so logic fair about it. Uh, but like you said, it, it's totally possible that the choices we've made with Netflix are being tracked to make some other decisions about us because we've seen how Netflix is buying stuff from Facebook and other companies. And, you know, there's a lot of things available through data that we just take for granted is just being, well, I'm not doing anything illegal. So what's it matter? But it does matter. Mm. Wow. 
I think we just have such a lack of awareness of what's going on with our data that, I, I mean, this, this is like the gold rush and nobody knows that there's gold under our property. We just don't, we're just not paying attention in these crucial like five or 10 years and we'll pay for it in five or 10 years. It, well, we already paid for it. This, yeah. this election is part of it, or that past election was part of it. Hey, I mean, you know, I mean, because I think the main thing is people saying, well, my dad is my dad. It really doesn't matter. Um, they were able to triangulate certain things based on Facebook data about, you know, where they should try to really push certain ads and Facebook would sell them out, not see who the buyer was. And that that was what it was. Right. So I think the, the interesting thing about Bandersnatch is it really does when it gets to this thing about like who's being controlled and who's not. Part of that, I feel like, is data. Like, mm-hmm. we are being controlled through the use and, and, and selling of our data. It's changing the the frame in which we have discussions. It's moving policy. Even if it's, like, false news, if those things are filtered out, then they do impact the way that we view each other and the decisions we choose to make. So it is kind of relevant. It, I mean, it's, the way they did it was for a specific individual, but, like, we have become a sort of paranoid, crazy person, like, just, you know, throwing our hands up and saying, well, I don't understand it, so let's just see what happens. And, you know, like, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, and the program half really does come from these bubbles that we're in of having things sort of cater to us, including our Netflix accounts, where our Netflix account will tell us, you know, if you like this, you'll definitely like this. And then you're spending the next seven hours watching The Punisher, and it's just so, like oh, so. So, are you saying that our our um, our um, sessions of just uh, Netflix and chill are we're basically the main character in Bandersnatch? Yeah, on a much on a smaller, so far less harmful scale. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I do I do think we're um, I do think we're definitely being monitored by by their algorithms or by something. Um, that is keeping track of our likes and dislikes, and that's definitely being fed back to us in the form of uh, in the form of what they market to us. I mean, sometimes it's a positive thing where you discover a new show that you absolutely love, and other times you get some creepy ad that's way way too familiar. Um, I well, was sometimes you look up Star Wars criticism, and you keep getting you know uh, alt right stuff. I know we already did uh, an episode about that. Pl- the, please see, in the past, is it, but... is it episode twelve, episode thirteen, something like that? Yeah, I don't, um, I don't remember. The one but, about r- yeah. racism in video games, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That's video game one. message boards, yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, I'm getting re- – I Googled microphones the other day, and for the last three days, I've been getting the same ad for microphones. It's just it, – it's obviously happening to us all the time, but I think it's happening to us not just online, but in places where we're not really expecting or things that we don't think of as online, like Netflix. And look at Keith laughing at us. He don't use social media no more. I mean, but you, I still know what that's like, you know, just from Google or YouTube, you know. No, I just mean you escaped. You're like, you're like, you know, off the, you're off that part of the grid. Oh, that part. Yeah. You know, I'm still, I'm still affected. I still, you know, I know, I know what y'all are talking about as far as Netflix and all these different algorithms and all of that. And, um, just like what Tim's saying, it's kind of, I guess it's more in the conveniency of like, you know, connecting you to something else that you may be interested to in, but it is still kind of disturbing the fact that 
we have something that knows that I guess feels like it knows so much about us in a way. It kind of reminds me of um what was there was an episode of Black Mirror that was like that where the um where it was this woman her husband died in a car accident. Oh uh, yeah. You, you um, yeah. I'll be right back. Yes, exactly. And she she had the app. She used some type of app which took all of the things that he searched or online or things that he posted on social media and pretty much created a consciousness, a AI consciousness that she could talk to. And then she also uploaded it to a robotic body and it was like exactly like him in a sense, right? Yeah. yeah. And you know, there yeah. are people who right now who are getting married to like there's a man in Japan. Uh this news came out last week. I don't know when it actually happened in Japan. It, it reached here last week, but he married a hologram. Hey. His hope is that I think these people call digital digital shoot. I I wanna say it's like digisexual or something. I can't remember what the term is, but basically oh. these people are aroused through technology and their hope is that as AI becomes more advanced that things like this hologram it, it looks like a, an anime girl really but this hologram will eventually become sentient and able to interact with him and he'll have conversations with it and it'll look like his perfect bride and all that you know yeah that's like that movie um her yeah I haven't seen that movie yet is it good it's really good that's a, it's it's very very good you know that's something worth talking about but um but yeah that's it's kind of sad that we even going down that route you know i guess the the more technology advances and more we bring it into our lives the the less actual true human connection and interaction we start to have with each other i don't believe that i just think i think it's all about you know the approach you decide to take with technology. And, and I mean, you have to be responsible with, with some of it, you know? I mean, honestly, it's just a free fall. Um, there just are no real regulations on how these things function. And everything right now is about just push the technology out and don't worry too much about the consequences of it. And we see what that can lead to. Like, you have to have some real standards um, that don't allow for abuse and right now we just don't have any so i don't know like even you know this isn't discussed very uh i mean it's there it's in front of us but they don't state it this way but one thing that actually did come out in that uh in bandersnatch too was the overwork of game developers like we're starting to hear more and more stories about this too how they're overworked and how the pursuit of perfection can drive them, you know, not not to murder, but like just it, it, it kind of ruins the passion they have for the games. It makes them want to leave the industry. Um, a lot of times it's mismanagement, you know, not really having a schedule set up properly, not having a team that's well managed. Um, and this felt like a commentary on that. Not that, you know, again, it's taking people to go murder, but um just like this this pursuit of perfection and not really having that support within an organization to do anything outside of just push out what they feel like the next big product is that'll sell a lot of units, you know? It's, it's a good metaphor for people just being worked around the clock. It's weird. I saw Vice last night, and um, there's a point in that movie about five minutes in that people work so hard now and are sort of pushed to work so much of the time and to use so much of their brains that 
in your off time, you don't really have as much time to be critical of the government or to pay attention to the news. And I just mm. thought that was—I just thought that was an interesting thing to slip into. Wait a minute, that's a, a commentary about, that's in Vice. A, a movie about Dick Cheney. Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting commentary to slip in. Huh. It, it's gotten like not that great reviews, but it's really, really good. I mean. Bandersnatch and Vice and also um, if Beale Street have t- could talk have all kind of mm-hmm. given me an appreciation for movies that take really big swings and like sometimes they sometimes they miss and sometimes it doesn't totally hold up but I would so much rather watch one of those three than a boring thing that's just kind of like comfortable and easy. Yeah, yeah I agree. And oh, so actually let me let me ask you guys about this like what did you think of how it, it, I think we should talk about these separately but how did you guys think this worked as a film and how did you guys think it worked as a game do you think it it worked well as either it's the only video game i'm good enough to play so i appreciated that (laughs) it was right in line with my with my reflexes and uh ability to keep up so i it was just and and your working controllers (laughs) um See, for me, I think opposite. For me, I think it's more so a movie that you're just um, interacting with, but not in the same way as video games that um, allow you to make decisions do, you know? Sort of like, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Telltale or the audience is. Yeah. And um, a lot of their video games, like The Wolf Among Us and uh, Walking Dead and the, the Batman series that they have, it's, it's not a traditional video game in the sense where you're just pretty much just making decisions. And you have like little points where you're doing like quick time events. But it definitely at the end of the day feels like a video game um, with just a real good narrative because there are like certain points that you have to hit. Um, Bandersnatch to me ultimately just feels like a movie with a point and um, to in, in a certain narrative that they're trying to tell with the character. But I think it's just different ways that you can look at that narrative, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it, but it allows the audience to be a part of what that story is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the story is that we don't, that we don't have control over our own actions and someone else is pulling the strings, like there's a puppet master that pulling the strings, then it's telling that story. Um, and we're a part of that. If it's the alternate universe and alternate reality things, we also are a part of that too, you know? But not so much as a player, but as a part of the overall story, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and the, the thing that was crazy about, you know, what you explained in there is, you know, and I kind of brought this up before, but the the way the stories conclude, you can be a crazy person, you can be a murderer, you can be the victim of of uh, a demigod, you can be um, a lost boy who who can't who, who who never was able to cope with the death of his mother. You can be just a just simply be a dude who had a bad video game that he developed and like that's it. You know, you go on to do some other stuff. But like you get to be so many people with this character. You 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 also get to be somebody who's sees behind the truth of the world, whatever that happens to be. Yeah. Um 
it, it's like it's really fascinating because you I rarely do, is there a, a sense that a protagonist gets to have so many different swings at who they are. And yeah. all those those different links mean something totally different, depending even in the context that you choose to frame for yourself and how you got there too. Yeah. So I don't know, it's 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 really interesting. I'm I, I I just feel like it's really ambitious, it's super cool, and I'm really excited to just see more experiments with streaming. People are going to get way better at this and it's going to get the changes are going to get way faster and the technology will get better. Sooner it'll be holograms and you'll be interacting with them possibly. Oh, my God. Wow. That's true. And I think we're going to be talking about this thing for a really long time. I mean, I think it started something really different and exciting and honestly scary Um, because, you know, what if you're a hologram lover who is free? Uh, and provided to you by a corporation for nothing is also keeping track of everything you do <laughs> and oh relaying and relaying your information back to Apple. Well, it wouldn't be Apple. Well, at least not with these CEOs. They claim that they're keeping it closed. That CES, I don't know if you saw this, but they said, yeah, I forgot exactly how I was put, but uh, they were like, your data's safe with us or something. They were poking fun at Google having some uh, recent... Um, bugs that allow some data to leak through um but i mean who knows what happens when we when we sign away our rights in exchange for a you know robot boyfriend or robot girlfriend i don't know well it's just like all those things inevitable i mean the thing is in technology nothing is inevitable it just doesn't have to be yeah and so I just I don't I don't know where these things are going. I will tell you though, um, I swear. I, I, again, it's gonna sound like something I'm making up. There was a um, sex VR um, expo in Japan last year, and they had to shut it down because it it just had too many people. Yeah, the, no, the venue was just <laughs> way too crowded. Like they had too many men coming in trying to get their hot robot girlfriend to try for the first time, and it was it was so out of control and so well done that they had to shut all that shit down. I don't know where that's going. That's I'm just gonna, you know. I'm I'm gonna take the pledge right now. Uh, I hope my wife is listening, but <laughs> even if she's not, no no robot spouses ever, never. Ever. If I live for a thousand years. Okay. Nope. <laughs> uh, Tim just said he's willing to put his consciousness into a robot body. I don't know if anybody else heard that. That's uh, completely accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the Netflix show Altered Carbon has something like that. I really mean to watch it. I haven't gotten to it yet. Um, I'd be cool with a robot spouse if they're like a Cylon on Battlestar Galactica. Where it's kind of like they're a robot, but not really. They're, uh-huh. more, they're more flesh than robotic, I guess. Now you're talking about because of the touch or because of the empathy required to be a, a wife? Just all of it, you know. I mean, <laughs> I mean but what, okay, but like, well, hold on, hold on. So what's the difference between a, a, a robot, so to speak, being a spouse and a algorithm with your wife? As you were talking about with the Black Mirror episode, an algorithm with all your former wives or girlfriends or whatever's memories and thoughts who could mimic all the frustration she had with you too or whatever or happiness however you want to put it all those that's, things mixed together that, 
That's the only way that robot partners would be okay if it was like based on another real person who challenged you because one of the benefits of other humans is that they're not predictable and they do have their own opinions and they do have their own perspectives of the challengers and it improve you and you hopefully improve other people with your perspectives. And AI is more responding, responding to you and molding itself to you and feeding your ego, which I think is really damaging. Well, the only thing about that though, see, like if it really does uh, act like a real person and let's say while the person was alive, y'all was straight, but then y'all got strained and now, you know, you're like, well, I want a divorce. Well, divorce in this case means shut down. So, I mean, is is the robot spouse gonna go for that? That's why I'm uh, against against the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 very, it's very immoral. <laughs> you don't want to be with me? I'll kill you. I mean, shut you down. Like, oh, just, well, no, no, baby, I don't want to kill you. I want to shut you down. I just, I just think we should not be together anymore. But, but I'm, I'm registered to you. I can't be with nobody else. Mm, well, that's too bad. It's an un, it's an unhealthy power dynamic. It really is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that that wouldn't work out. And it's just no, nah, it's not it's not ethical. I mean, how did we get here. I don't know. How did we get here? <laughs> I think I think we were trying to think of the most absurd absurd version of of a of AI or like sort of choose your own adventure type storylines. And it's my okay. fault. My fault for combining what you said about the the robots and Bandersnatch because the idea of some kind of technology that's completely responsive to you um, and how and how badly that could go. I mean, Blade yeah. Runner twenty forty nine is basically that. He basically has I gotta watch that movie still. A, Damn, he has a, a hologram girlfriend who um, caters to caters to him, and he's this like really kind of pathetic guy who like lives in a lives like a really sad, isolated life, but she um, she makes his life seem really beautiful and nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. He just He's like really living a really grimy, difficult existence, doing a job nobody wants to do, but he has this robot girlfriend or hologram girlfriend who makes everything seem happy and joyful. It's very sad. And you know, when somebody finds a cool uh, like acronym or... Some some new word for a robot girlfriend. I don't care. I'm gonna call it robot girlfriend forever because it's hilarious. And I'm not gonna call everybody ro- robot girlfriend a loser, but I mean, sometimes you gotta be your own girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> but like, sometimes just be your own boyfriend. Take yourself out. Send your send your send yourself some flowers, Man. but don't. Don't oh get a robot. Because this hey, is the thing, the AI I, thing, it's very narcissistic in a sense, I think. It's it's so crazy. Because, like, you're not getting the robot girlfriend so that she can disagree with you, you know? Like, I don't know, man. It's just something so weird and messed up about that. And, I mean, loser is mean. But if a person, if if a being, if a sentient whatever robot whatever it might be you know is is unable to do its own thing then like you're just kind of being manipulative you know i don't want entertainment or a twitter feed a movie a robot or anything else to sort of cater to what i want i would rather have the frustration of dealing with 
others' opinions and others' view of the world because it's just more interesting. That's what life is. It's just so much more interesting. And it's than- yeah, it's totally true. Well, I think we should probably close up. Um, any closing thoughts on Bandersnatch? Um, I, I look. I, I'd say I had a lot of fun with it, and, and I can't wait to see what the next step is and you know whether it's with black mirror um or some other platform trying out a similar idea i think this was really cool and i can't wait to see more what i would do netflix this is what i want to see i want them to get with rl stein one of his books one of them goosebump books and just make a adventure oh my god that's so easy. Yeah, just 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 uh, adapt all of them. Dummy, do do something simple like Night of Living Dummy, something that people familiar with. Man, Netflix is gonna blow up. How about you know what you know? Let's keep it in, right? But then, like when you send your pitch, include this episode, and then you yeah. can work for Netflix. Boom, you can you can adapt them. <laughs> I'm gonna be if I work for Netflix, I'm gonna be a part of Pack, huh? <laughs> yep, you sure will. You got to come up there with a pack shirt on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> last year, my wife made me go see a movie called The Rider. It's about people on an Indian reservation, uh, a guy who's trying to get back on horseback after he's been thrown really badly by a horse. Um, it is the, the last movie I would have voluntarily seen. It's made totally differently from most movies that I like. It's the opposite of what I usually would be into. It's very like slow paced, and it's by far the best movie I saw last year. And it's because hey, even person, even that much better than Spider Verse. So much better. It's because like wow. my entertainment and another human challenged me to try something different, and I'm I was richly rewarded for it. That's my moral of the story. <laughs> <laughs> that's him saying don't get a robot wife get the real deal and don't let don't let the bandersnatch take you away and accidentally murder your, your father be a good <laughs> boy <laughs> listen to your parents fight the urge to that voice inside your head telling you to do bad things yeah I, I don't I don't think that was the point there but hey you know <laughs> no it wasn't I just do that <laughs> But, uh, hey, if you made it this far, thank you so much <laughs> for uh, for hanging with us. Oh, this is a lot of fun. Um, of course, please rate and review the show. Um, share it with your friends, all that jazz. Um, and please, please, please check out Tim's other podcast, Shoot This Now. It's got fantastic content on there every other week for you. Also, uh, the podcast with Keith and myself, Meanwhile in the Multiverse, put those joints out every now and then so please please check those out as well if you, if you enjoy what you heard here and uh anything else uh before we close out guys definitely check out meanwhile in the multiverse cannot recommend it enough these two guys without me interrupting <laughs> well yeah we, we we gotta gotta put out another one soon they're coming maybe there we can talk about our kills. oh man that'll be fun that dude is crazy at the same time Man, please take him to jail this time, Georgia. He's the only one who I think should get a sex robot. That would save a lot of people. (laughs) You probably need a few of them. Oh, my God. You 
just say that. I have a um, little schoolgirl outfits. I can't say anymore. We're going to get in trouble. <laughs>